right, everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined with my co-hosts, Darian Smith and Jimmy Marion. And guys, we've got a really good recap uh, episode for UAB basketball as UAB takes down a really good two-lane team last night in Bartow Arena, 83-69. to But before we get into recapping that game and also what happened this past Sunday in Boca Raton against uh, FAU, this game recap episode and all game recap episodes are brought to you by Cahaba Brewing Company. And today we're going to highlight the Cahaba Pale Ale, really smooth, full-bodied uh, beer, uh, super low ABV, just 4.1%. Um, if you have not checked out that beer or any of Cahaba's beer, uh, make sure you go down to the tap room. Make sure you let them know that you listen or watch the Blazer Victory podcast, and that is why you know, you're wanting to check them out. Helps us out a lot. But again, thank you to Cahaba for sponsoring our Game Recap episodes all football and now basketball season long. But guys, there, there was no sweat. Well, <laughs> there was sweat. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, I see you. Yeah. It, there, yeah. There, uh, at, at least the last few minutes of the game as UAB uh, took a double-digit lead and kind of pulled away um, without some help from their, you know, big-time scorers. There was no uh, EG scoring. Eric Gaines uh, didn't kind of had an off night. Tony Tony um, had an off night. But uh, I think we should start this uh, episode with Vasquez having a career-high 28 points in the, the game against Tulane last night. And, Jimmy, I'm going to throw it to you to – kind of let the listeners know um, and the viewers know about Vasquez's uh, career night last night in Bartow. Yeah, I think it's a great place to start. Uh, Vasquez has had these types of outings, not to this extent, but he scored 20-plus points in earlier games this year. And, uh, you know, with him, it's been a consistency thing, right? He dealt with a nagging injury earlier in the year that slowed him down a little bit. And uh, last night was a great showing. I mean, he was hitting shots from – here, there, and everywhere. Um, he was taking advantage of his opportunities. Uh, the team in recent games, and the coaching staff in particular, has done a good job of getting him clean looks from three-point range, and he's taking advantage of that. Uh, we know that Vasquez, and we even saw it earlier in the year, uh, could play bully ball down low, could get downhill uh, to take advantage of those mismatches and uh, score around the basket, and he did that last night too. Uh, we were talking pre-pod. And, uh, you know, we are talking about how he had a few offensive rebounds and uh, he was just wreaking havoc around the rim. And uh, there was one moment during the broadcast that uh, he was essentially double teamed down low. And then he just like went right through them and then still scored the basket. And uh, one of the announcers had said, uh, like, you just can't allow that like if you're the other team. And uh, that's the types of plays uh, that Vasquez makes with his physicality. Um, but. I think it was last episode, guys, we talked about how Vasquez is that next player for me after we've seen the progression from Yaks that could really change the outcome uh, and the ceiling for this UAB basketball uh, team rest of season. And uh, it's just that production scoring-wise from the guard position uh, that we really need to see. And so, yeah, he not only had a career high in scoring output at 28 points, but that was his career high. 10 made field goals. So he did it again at all three levels, which is what he was accustomed to doing at the junior college level last year. And it was certainly great to see. And it certainly played a major factor in why UAB won this game against Tulane. Yeah. And I think the slotting of, um, of Vasquez and, and Butter as like the scores on the team as the, the to go scores is really was helping, um, 
I think it's all about identity and role, right? Using um using gangs as this perimeter utility weapon, right? He can go, he can get down here. We saw the amazing N one play that gangs had. Uh, he can do things like, but that's that's he has to be utilized to his strengths because when he's not, he can seem like as if he's a negative player. Um, a lot of times uh, we do we do run offense for Vasquez and get him open. He's a he's a three level scorer, but um, sometimes that first and second option break down and it's nine seconds left on the play clock, and you need guys to just go get a shot. Butter has that tal- uh, that patented pull up jump shot that he gets in the mid range. He can get it off. All he just needs to give you a shoulder, and he can get it. It's a it's a good shot. And Vasquez can do things. That's not Eric's game. You're going to end up probably with something that you don't really want. But Eric can help facilitate in helping that guy get that shot. And and, and if you start sleeping on him, that's that's how he caught that uh, that one guy with the crossover to get down here. The guy kind of looked around and Eric was gone. Once you know how to utilize these guys right, um, that's when you can get the most out of them. And I think that is what we're seeing it before our eyes. I love the star lineup with A.J. Vasquez. And Butter and and Eric, yes, it's kind of small in the backcourt, but it's we have Yax and JD to kind of mitigate that. And um, I think you utilize we have two scores. We don't have to depend on Eric to score in that group. He can do all types of things in that group, and I think that's when he's utilized best. So we just see AJ just doing his thing. He's three level shooting three, shooting mid ranges. Getting down here, playing bully ball. I love what the coaching staff is doing. And um, I think we got an identity forming on offense. And um, I think we can do something with it. Yeah, and you love to see, you know, Vasquez continuing that rhythm or finding that rhythm again um, after having a couple good games. Um, But before we go any further, uh, if you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, uh, follow us uh, at uh, YouTube.com and then go to Blazer Victory and that will pull up. But it's at BlazerPod. If you are watching us right now, hit that like and subscribe and comment uh, comment below like what you thought of Vasquez's performance against uh, Tulane and how, how hopefully we can see more of that, especially going into uh, this Saturday afternoon against East Carolina. Um, but, guys, I, I just want to um, – one more point I forgot to bring up. We talked about a pre-pod was that his offensive rebounding. He was the leading. Yes. We we double we doubled them in rebounding, twenty nine to forty nine. He was our leading offensive rebounder. That is major when you have a guard that can get in there and scrap. He's a big burly guy. Like he's not he's not a small guard, right? So when you have a guard that can get in there and and, and get some rebounds, especially against a high power offense like Tulane. You can slow them down, and he was getting points off of them. I wonder – I wish I could find a stat to see how many offensive rebounds he got for points or assisted for points because they all came – to me, it seemed like they came in crucial moments watching the game. And, or he either slowed a run or or continued to run for us. He slowed a run for Tulane or continued to run for us with the offensive rebound. So I think that part of his game is so, so underrated. I didn't know he had that part of a game, part of his game. And that's something to keep an eye on um, is his rebound and will he be impactful with it going forward? Yeah, and I'll say real quick, just on second chance points, if I'm looking at this right, UAB had 16 second chance points compared to Tulane zero. So, I mean, that's quite the stat. And uh, Vasquez likely played a part in that, as you see, 
uh, with Yaks, who would have been a contributor as well. But uh, that was an interesting stat for sure. It's plus 16, but uh, only allowing Tulane to have one offensive rebound and then also zero second chance points. Yeah, that Jimmy, that's what I was just going to say. If you look at the box score, you'll realize that they only had one offensive rebound. So that shows how active we were down low. Um, but not only the bigs, like Darian mentioned earlier about Vasquez getting those second chance opportunities for UAB and Yaks getting, uh, what was it, 13, no, 18 rebounds, which is the most rebounds by UAB player since 2013. Like that is insane. Yaks getting another double double. Um, but I, I was going to get you guys, uh, see what you guys thought. Um, did you like seeing Butta run point more and being that one versus, you know, kind of letting EG Eric Gaines kind of be more free to where he doesn't have to, uh, run point as much. Um, and Jimmy, I know you have some stats to, <laughs> to back that up, uh, from the performance last night. Yeah. Uh, do I like it? Um, I'm intrigued by it. I would say I'm intrigued. Uh, but does play point for UAB in a backup capacity, right? So it's not like he is not, uh, it's not like he's not familiar with playing point guard for UAB. Um, we haven't seen it a ton. And, uh, last night, what really stood out is that text of the group is, uh, really late in the game. Uh, when Eric came in, um, after having sat a little bit in the second half, it was but a primarily uh, leading the offense, if you will. Now, I will say this. At the end of the game, uh, outside of some steals that led to fast break opportunities, it was UAB slowing the ball down a little bit, as they should have because they had the lead, right? So it wasn't like we were running you know, all of our full sets as we would uh, if it was a closer game. But I think uh, as it relates to Butter being at the point, uh, I think it just provides a little bit of a calmness and like security as you think about uh, potential for turnover. So, Butta, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he finished with one turnover compared to EG's uh, three. Uh, Butta also had six assists. Um, one of the assists that stood out for me for Butta earlier in the contest was we talked about Vasquez, but was a simple like additional pass to Vasquez, like up at the perimeter to give Vasquez like a really clean look from three. Um, it's a simple pass. Is just that next pass? And I think Butta did a good job in, in getting some of his shooters, um, you know, in positions where they had opportunities to make and take clean looks. Um, we talk about EG uh, being a facilitator and UAB success as it correlates to that. Um, UAB is still undefeated this season when Eric Gaines takes fewer than 10 shot attempts at six and zero. If you want to count. 10 or fewer shot attempts or 7-0 and uh, this season. So um, that just, again, gives credit. Eric went through uh, quite the span of games in which he was what I would call more of a pass-first versus shoot-first, and uh, that was amidst that six-game winning streak for UAB. So we've seen Eric distribute the ball and do a good job of that um, this season. And he still had some good passes last night too. Uh, some of which were finished with assists and some of which were missed or, you know, creating foul shot opportunities for UAB. So, uh, I do think EG last night was looking to pass the ball and EG, uh, was really, uh, aggressive on the boards. So he was chasing down long rebounds. Uh, so he was doing a really good job of that as well. And AK would be the first one to tell you, uh, it wasn't EG's best game. Uh, 27 minutes, I believe, tied a season low 
for Eric Gaines this season for UAB. Um, so, you know, there was some tinkering there. And so I'm intrigued by what we saw there late. Do I think it will result in more EG off ball? That's to be determined. Um, you know, and we will certainly find out on Saturday if that's a trend that will continue. I would say this. I think it. I'm I'm big on sliding, and I think what it did was like Butter is good at he can hit contested shots, and 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 you have to go over screens. You can't slip and go under and make the offense kind of wonky in a sense and break it down. And which you can, you can scheme up for Eric, but you have to play you have to play Butter straight up. But one thing Eric is good at is he can knock down open shots, right? So we see him running baseline, running off screens, and you can't leave him open to shoot by himself because he once once he's good at settled and poised, he can knock that shot down. I feel confident in him taking that confidence in him taking that shot. Um, so I think that minor adjustment of having Butter on the ball running running EG through screens, it gives the defense, it throws their scheme off. You can't load up in the box like you traditionally could. And then also, EG is a good second uh, secondary playmaker, right? I think once he passes, we saw a couple of times where Butter got the ball in the corner and made that corner three um, off a of play. A lot of times it was EG dishing the ball to him. Having EG as the secondary playmaker, you know, if he's attacking a closeout, on the open shot. Like, I think it just creates more – It's open. it opens it up more for the offense. It's more options that you have there. And um, I think EG is best used as a finisher too. Finishing and assisting. Like, if you give him that – if you give him – and um, what can I say? If you give him a pathway to make the decision, throw a lob, take this shot. Instead of him trying to create it, he's so much better, right? Um, Jelly was a creator. Like Jelly was just cook up and bam. That's not EG. That's not his game. But if you have to find ways, he's a weapon, and you have to find a way to utilize that weapon. You can't put a missile in a thirty-eight. Like it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. Like uh, you can't. You can't force something, right? But if you if you put it in its right spot, that weapon can be very effective. And it's it was it's been kind of hard figuring out how to use EG as the weapon, but I think we're figuring it out, especially offensively and defensively. We saw him do a lot of good things. Um, one thing that I saw is between between um, EG and Ortiz was digging down and helping. I've complained so many times, and I'm kind of transitioning to another topic, but I'm, I complain so many times about how we left our people on islands so much and you wonder why they ISO us and go one-on-one because there's no help. If you spread out, there's no help. And guys just get to kind of dance around, spin, and and one. I'm like, dude, is any is he going to just defend this guy by himself all the time? But that wasn't the case. Um, you We got a lot of deflections. Ortiz had a rough shooting, had a rough shooting night, right? But he was so effective defensively. I didn't know that was part of it. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm, I was unfamiliar with your defensive game, right? I didn't know that was part of his game. He was digging down, helping. EG got a couple of steals, digging down, helping. It was crowded for them. And I wasn't scared when we ran the 1-3-1 zone. I was always scared of that because those corner threes. 
I can tell that we have worked on that back line defender. It was but a lot. They they pre rotate early, right? And they get they get to where they need to go. And we closed out on the three point shooters, guys. We closed out on three point shooters. I can't believe it. We closed out on them. We made them drive into a crowd, and then we helped on defense. Shout out to Christian uh, uh, to Christian Coleman. They did a good job of closing out. Got maker guy pump fake. He drives, and then there was another guy there. And a, a lot of times, if you go back and look at that film, those guys were kind of stuck. Like, oh, UAB doing like I don't. I'm not used to this, right? And we threw them off their game. So um, I think it it was just really good for us and um, our defensive effort. We saw our intensity ramp up, and I think that was the difference in the game. Rotate, close out, contest shooters. I think Tulane averaged almost like somewhere, somewhere up towards ninety points a game. They they're the highest. They were the highest scoring team in conference. Yep. Held them to sixty. We held them held them to sixty nine, and it was based off effort and communication. We didn't lose shooters. We always lose shooters, right? Right. And people 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 light us up. We communicated. We closed out. We helped. And then if they kicked it back out, we had another guy making another effort contesting the shots. Every time we contested a shot, they missed. And to me, that was the whole highlight. That was the game summed up because their energy is infectious. And you saw it in the rebounding when we doubled them up. It was just extra effort after extra effort. And it was just too much for them. If we play with that, if we're that team that play with that energy, we're going to be really, really tough to beat. Yes, and speaking of transitioning into the effort, um, one of my favorite plays of last night's game um, was an effort play uh, by Yaks. You know, we mentioned the, another double-double having those 18 rebounds. One of those 18 rebounds, um, he saved a ball out of bounds, threw it up, Ortiz caught it, and Ortiz had to get some effort, too, to get that ball from him. But what does he do? Alley dunk to Yaks. And that was like the perfect, like, okay, we see the effort here. We see what you, this UAB team is capable of. Um, Darren and, and Jimmy will be right back. But, you know, we, we talked a little bit last night after the game um, about Christian Coleman. Um, and I know you briefly brought him up. But the guy scored 13 points and also got seven boards, seven rebounds. Can you talk about just the continued progression from his game that you've seen? And I, you've been seeing it the last few weeks. You know, you've told us in the group text. But can you talk a little bit about Christian Coleman and what you see out of him to continue to progress to help this team out more? Energy. Energy, confidence. And you see a guy that's comfortable, that, that understands where he's supposed to be now understands where he can get spots, understand uh, where his spots are at. He understands what spots to be aggressive in. Only thing he probably should to continue, and he's getting better, only thing he probably should continue to work on is just going up stronger with the ball. But other than that, you see some of those qualities that made him the number two player coming out of JUCO. His athleticism, I didn't, we didn't, we haven't really seen his athleticism pop. This guy's been playing above the rim. This dude had a freaking reverse, reverse slam, kind of almost half 360. Hey, that was nice. And he also had another, well, he, he missed a dunk, but to be honest, I thought he got fouled on that I one. I thought he that got he fouled on that. Yeah. yeah. But. And then he had the alley-oop from Gaines 
right? Like you see, you're you're seeing his athleticism, you're seeing his energy. He's playing with so much spark and so much energy. You shot him, you saw him hit a mid range, mm-hmm. you know. And I saw him tweet afterwards. He quoted that he was like, "The work will show." He's been working on that mid range, and that's important because that means they can't load up on him. He has so much energy defensively. Like I said, help rotate out, help rotate out. I saw him. He communicated. A lot. Earlier in the season, he was getting kind of lost in the shuffle. Like, um, oh, do you switch here? Do you help here? Like, he kind of got lost. Now it was like, oh, I'm I'm switched out. Oh, I need to get back in the lane. Help. Let me run back out to my shooter. Contest the shot. Miss shot. Oh, let me get in here and tip the rebound around. Like, he, let me run out and transition. He's he's a fast, quick player. He does so many different things, right? Mm-hmm. If he continues with that, he's almost like a another version of Yaks. You right? If he continues with that that energy, just that effort, that energy, and that confidence, that belief, he had his seal. He hasn't reached his ceiling neither, people. And I'm I'm really excited because how tall is Christian Coleman? Six six nine, six ten. Sounds right. Somewhere between somewhere between six eight and six ten. Right. If he continues with his progression and, and just understand, be confident at all times when you go up, go up strong. Try to dunk on somebody's head every time. Just be strong with it. You'll get fouled. If he and he continues with that energy and that passion. Man, just like uh, we said with A.J. Vasquez, Christian Coleman, to me, is a guy that can really take this team to another level with that play. You have two guys. If you have two guys that's like yaks running around on the court everywhere, Ooh. and they're like 6'9", right, and they're just getting it done, just fighting for every rebound, closing out on shooters, switching out on guards, like they doing all this stuff, it gets – you get wore down with guys like that getting steals, Going running out in transition, like they do so much. I'm so excited for those two. Like the, I know they're JUCO guys. They only have two years, but the future is bright as far as like in next year. Just knowing that they went through all of these storms this season, they're still going through them. We're still fresh into conference play. I'm excited to see their growth. Yes, definitely. Hey, and shout out to Barry Dunning Jr. I mean, you know, he only played two minutes, but he got that slam dunk. Um, so that, that's I'm a good Barry to see. Dunning fan. Play yeah, Barry me too. Dunning, bro. Me like, too. Like, yeah. Can we please? He can hit the three. Yes. Wait, what can he not do? Like he's I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I like him. What you think? Yeah. yeah, I love Barry Dunning Jr. Um, and I hope to you know, and I kind of you know he's you know kind of feeling his way out as well, but we're just waiting on that moment. Like, Hey, Christian Coleman had his moment. He's continued that rhythm. Vasquez had his moment. He's continued that rhythm Dunning. Hey, if he can get out there now, now most of the time when he's out there, that does mean one of, you know, a couple things that either JD or uh, yaks are in foul trouble, but I mean, you know, he played a little bit against FAU didn't do bad. And like I said, you know, he had this game against Tulane had a dunk, um, so you love to see it. Very lengthy guy. Um, I mean, the talent is there. He's just got to find himself. I asked this question. Can he not play the three though? Like, um, like, I, think I don't, so. I, I think, I think he's a three, four, four, three tweener. I don't think he's a big, right. I yeah. think he's like a tweener type. I think he can play multiple positions. I'm not in practice though. Like, I don't yeah. know. I just go out there and see, I've seen him earlier. I've seen him hit threes. I've seen him hit a mid range. I've seen him guard on the perimeter. I've seen him guard down low. I'm sitting here like, 
I mean, he can play alongside. He can play alongside Christian Coleman and Yaks or Christian Coleman and JD or whatever. He can he can play the three spot. I, um, I but I I don't know. Maybe it's a minutes crunch because you already got Tony Tony coming off the bench. Or what it is, yeah. Christian Coleman. Um, who, who am I missing? That's only three and guys. A- and Andy has said, you know, he really wants that seven to eight guys. You know, wrote just ah, big rotation. So, so that yeah. that's probably it. Um, um Barry Dunning fan club over here, me and John. Whoop whoop. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but hey, again, UAB gets it done, eighty-three to sixty-nine. Uh, improves to three and one in the American Athletic Conference. Um, well, we got to talk very quickly, Darian. We, we got to talk about that loss in Boca um, this past Sunday. I had a um, baby dedication. I couldn't see it. Yeah, I, don't yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. We were in Boca. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Sunday morning, Boca. I mean, we won't spend too much time on this. Um, I mean, UAB loses in Boca. Uh, they covered the spread, uh, you know, 86 <laughs> to 73. Yeah, so that's what... <laughs> Let's go. But, I mean, hey. FAU still the class of this conference, you know, maybe FAU, uh, Memphis and maybe North Texas. Um, but this, this FAU team, you know, John L Davis, Darian, you and I, we saw it last year when UAB went to Boca, he, you know, had that highlight game against us and had another highlight game. He had everything he wanted to do with UAB 30 points, 10 of 16 from the field. And UAB just, I don't know. At times, you know, they they really, you know, Jimmy was talking to us in the uh, text thread right after that game. And I mean, they really just took advantage of switches, especially John O. Davis. You know, you when you've got John O. Davis on um, J.D., I mean, good luck. You know, uh, it's just it's just so hard. But but you have to respect that interior of FAU with Vlad Golden, like seven footer. Like you've got to keep a body on him. But. These guards, I mean, especially John O. Davis, and unfortunately, it was just worst case scenario for UAB. John O. Davis went off, and I mean, they just had a a fiery three point shooting, you know, affair. They they shot eight three pointers, um, shot almost fifty percent from the floor. Um, just kind of had all they wanted with UAB. And that's it's funny because we. Ha- we haven't really seen JD get hunted on switches until you guys were telling me about how Janelle Davis kept on, they kept on hunting for that switch. Right. And, um, it's funny that that happened because I saw Tulane do that a couple of times. If you go back and watch that film, you'll see a lot of times and you can tell they kind of, the player kind of look up and you see the other players do this. Like, go ahead. That's you one-on-one. You can tell that they watch the film and say, okay, this is how we're going to attack. So if I'm if I'm JD, take it personal, take it personal because what they what they're trying to tell you is that oh you're the weak link on the defense, this is the guy you go and then he'll get in foul trouble right because what's his strength he can rebound he can get your bigs in foul trouble and he can score he can poke really well those are his strengths and he can shoot free throws. Let's get him out the game. They saying they they're trying to tell you you can't guard right. And it's funny because I did see two standout defensive positions from J.D. this game. I saw him help. I know I've been kind of critical of his help defense. I saw him get vertical. He stopped. He stopped. His, uh, it was a guy that drove right into him. He stopped him cold in his tracks, kept his hands up, used his body. The guy just fell to the ground, tried to, like, flop four or five, 
no call off to the break uh off to the races UAB. We scored two points from Butter Johnson. And I'm like, that's how you play defense. Um I also saw one time where a guy did try to go one on one with them, right? Somebody was trying to come. A guy tried to go one on one with him. He spent down the lane and JD got the he got the uh got a steal. I've seen him moving around more. I've seen him being he he helped more on defense. Hopefully that FAU game, he learned he learned something. He took he's taking it personal. They're gonna challenge him. They're gonna continue to challenge him, especially as we get it when we get into um further into conference play. Everybody see the same film. They're gonna say, challenge this big man, he can't guard. And I don't believe that's true. I don't think that's true. Especially after seeing those couple positions against Tulane. There's a couple times Tulane did get him. But it's a fight. It's a battle, right? Like, I think it was like a – at least it was a draw to me. I think the one-on-one J.D. battle was a draw. So, you know, shout-out to Janelle Davis. He he went and did his thing like he always do against us. We, I'm tired. Of, I'm so tired of him turning into LeBron against us, Me too, man. But too. I think it, it, it exposed something for J.D. to take personal. And I think he will. And um, I'm, I'm expecting to see J.D. mixed with Trey Jimison going forward, you know, <laughs> on defense. Yes, would love to see that. Um, well, guys, if you are watching our uh, YouTube, uh, shout out to YouTube, you know, again, like, subscribe. But I want you to go uh, and say where you think Jimmy went. He might have gotten a recruiting call. You, you know, he is straight up on the football and basketball recruiting Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash blazerpod. Tons of great info uh, in in regards to UAB football recruiting update. But I'll go ahead and send us out. Until next time, thank you, Cahaba, for sponsoring uh, this game recap. But we'll see you next week. Just Blaze.